The following podcast contains adult themes and is suitable for mature audiences only. Hello and welcome to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. I'm your host Adam Hampton and in today's episode we continue Lady Gaga's epic journey with part two of her story. If you haven't yet listened to part one then you may want to go listen to that one first, that way you get the full story in chronological order of how Gaga's life and career unfolded. As we went into depth about her upbringing all the way to the start of Gaga Mania, when she appeared at the MTV Awards in her infamous meat dress, and delivered one of the best albums of all time, with the fame, and the fame monster. So let's get straight back into the story. This is part two of the Lady Gaga story. This is Lyrics of Their Life. On the 11th of February 2011, Lady Gaga released the lead single from her upcoming album of the same name, Born This Way. The motivational dance pop track would break records selling 1 million copies in just 5 days on iTunes and remains the most downloaded song in iTunes history, entering the Guinness World Records for both achievements. Born This Way was an instant hit that peaked at number one in a massive 21 countries, including Australia, New Zealand, across Europe and South America, Canada, and the US, and finished inside the top five in a further eight countries, including the UK. Born This Way went on to sell over 6.3 million copies of the single in the US alone, and 14 million in total worldwide. The song would become a huge anthem for those that feel as though they don't fit into society, as well as the LGBT community, Gaga wrote the song while touring in England and on the Monster Ball tour, and recorded the track at Abbey Road Studios in London. She wrote the song in just 10 minutes and said the song basically wrote itself and just fell out naturally. As Gaga identifies as a bisexual, LGBT activist, and a Catholic, it made for a controversial mixture and clash of beliefs. But in the track, Gaga was determined to speak her mind and reach out to her many fans in similar predicaments as she sings, it doesn't matter if you love him, or capital H-I-M, just put your paws up, cause you were born this way baby. My mama told me when I was young, we are all born superstars. She rolled my hair and put my lipstick on, in the glass of her boudoir. She then sings as if her mother is lending her advice, by singing, there's nothing wrong with loving who you are, cause he made you perfect babe. So hold your head up girl and you'll go far, listen to me when I say, I'm beautiful in my way. Cause God makes no mistakes, I'm on the right track baby, I was born this way. Don't hide yourself in regret, just love yourself and you're set. I'm on the right track baby, I was born this way. Gaga gives a great insight into the wise words of her mother when growing up and clearly shows that she has been raised well. Gaga continues to spread love and inclusiveness for all when she sings, Give yourself prudence and love your friends. Subway kid, rejoice your truth. In the religion of the insecure, I must be myself. 
respect my youth. A different lover is not a sin. And the lines, don't be a drag, just be a queen, whether you're broke or evergreen. Your black, white, beige, cola descent, your Lebanese, your Orient. Whether life's disabilities left you outcast, bullied or teased, rejoice and love yourself today, cause baby, you were born this way. No matter gay, straight or bi, lesbian, transgendered life, I'm on the right track baby, I was born to survive. The lyrics Gaga has laid out in this track are simply brilliant, and the song while heavily related to the LGBT community, can relate to almost anyone, in any predicament, or walk of life, and is an inspirational song for all the underdogs. The song was applauded by many critics, including Sarah Elton John, who spoke fondly of her, as he was quoted as saying, I love her, and I love her ability to write. There's a chance I might do one track with her, but she's so busy, and I'm so busy, we can never get together. But her record, it's fucking amazing. Born This Way, which is the title song, will completely get rid of Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. This is the new I Will Survive. That was the gay anthem, this is the new gay anthem. Actually, it's not a gay anthem, it can apply to anybody. Gaga said about the song, quote, When I started writing it, it was meant to be a song about revolution and freedom and lack of prejudice. And when I started to create the visuals for it, I thought so much about my fans and in so many ways, it is the monsters that created the imagery. Gaga later revealed at the Grammys that she pictured herself as Whitney Houston when writing the song, as she said she didn't have the confidence to see herself singing a powerful anthem like this. Despite the powerful messages of inclusion and equality, the Hispanic and Asian communities took offence to the references of Orient, Chola and Lebanese. The Lebanese government unfortunately took it one step further and banned the song and the album from being distributed by seizing thousands of copies upon their arrival in the country as they believed it was offensive to Christianity. Later in June, the ban was lifted, but was still criticised by many claiming it was mocking Christianity. Also sparking controversy was the similarities that it drew to Madonna's Express Yourself, as the comparisons between the two artists continued. At the time, Lady Gaga got quite frustrated when questioned on the two tracks' similarities, and rightly so when she said, I am not stupid enough to put out a record and be that moronic. She insisted to the interviewer, I'm a songwriter, I've written loads of music, why would I try and put out a copied song and think I'm getting one over everybody? That's retarded, what a completely ridiculous thing to even question me about. If you put the songs next to each other, side by side, the only similarities are the chord progression. It's the same one that's been in disco music for the last 50 years. Just because I'm the first fucking artist in 25 years to think of putting it on top 40 radio, it doesn't mean I'm a plagiarist, it means that I'm fucking smart. Madonna herself stated she was fine with the song, despite noticing slight similarities. The music video for Born This Way is around 7 minutes long, and displays Gaga in a go-go dancing glory, and it has now been viewed over 200 million times on YouTube. The ease in which Gaga wrote the mega hit opened the door for her to write the whole album with ease, as song after song came naturally as she recorded the songs while on the road, while touring the world. Just two days after Born This Way's release on the 13th of February, Gaga appeared at the 2011 Grammy Awards inside a giant egg-shaped embryo pod, as she was carried in on the red carpet by her assistants. Gaga had spent 72 hours inside the pod that came equipped with an oxygen tank. 
She stayed in it for this long, to become used to being inside, and to feel a euphoric sensation when she arrived at the Grammys and exited for the first time on stage in front of a live audience to perform Born This Way. In one of the most bizarre entrances of all time, Gaga gave a great performance and then returned to the stage later on to accept three awards for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Bad Romance, Best Short Form Music Video and Best Pop Vocal Album for The Fame Monster. Gaga stated that she entered the pod because she believes it represented rebirth and that the universe could really use a rebirth. During March 2011, Gaga donated $1.5 million to the Tohoku earthquake and tsunami disaster that hit the Japanese coastline. All $1.5 million was raised from a bracelet that Gaga designed and sold called prayer bracelets with all proceeds going to the cause. Gaga is involved in many charities where she donated all earnings from a show in New York to the Haiti Relief Fund in 2010 and she did some work in a homeless youth centre at the time. On the 15th of April 2011, Lady Gaga released her second single from Born This Way titled Judas. Red One, who worked with Gaga again on the album, spoke with MTV stating that if Born This Way shocked people, then Judas would be much more controversial. Gaga described it as a very dark song and wrote the song about always falling in love with the wrong men time and time again. Quote, Judas is a metaphor and an analogy about forgiveness and betrayal and things that haunt you in your life and how I believe that it's the darkness in your life that ultimately shines and illuminates the greater light that you have upon you. Someone once said to me, if you have no shadows, then you're not standing in the light. So the song is about washing the feet of both good and evil and understanding and forgiving the demons from your past in order to move into the greatness of your future. I just like really aggressive metaphors, harder, thicker, darker, and my fans do as well. Gaga elaborated further stating, the song is about a battle between good and evil saying, I sing about what a holy fool I am, and that although moments in my life are so cruel, and relationships can be so cruel, I'm still in love with Judas. I still go back again to those evil things. Lady Gaga spoke with Pop Justice, stating it was also about her battle with drugs and other evil things that are representative of Judas, who according to the Bible, is said to have been one of the twelve apostles who betrayed Jesus by kissing him and giving up Jesus, leading to his capture. As she said, I keep going back and forth between the darkness and the light in order to understand who I am. All of this is evident in the lyrics, as well as the old-fashioned ways in which women were expected to bow down to men in which she wants to change. The lyrics read, When he calls to me, I am ready. I'll wash his feet with my hair if he needs. Forgive him when his tongue lies through his brain. Even after three times, he betrays me. I'll bring him down. And the line, I want to love you but something's pulling me away from you. Jesus is my virtue, and Judas is a demon I cling to. It was quite amazing that Gaga was able to have a pop hit while using biblical imagery and was often unheard of during this time. The track went to number one in South Korea, of all places, and finished inside the top 10 in 28 countries, including Australia, the US, and the UK. In the music video, actor Norman Reedus, who plays Daryl Dixon in The Walking Dead, appears in the role of Judas, while Gaga plays the role of Mary Magdalene in a modern Jerusalem-type setting, incorporating the story into a biker gang-style culture. 
Gaga as Mary is tempted away from Jesus by Judas on a number of occasions and in the end is stoned to death for straying from Jesus as she has succumbed to the enticement of Judas and is seen as a sin. The quote by Gaga that reads, I keep going back and forth between the darkness and the light is effectively portrayed in the music video and is well worth a watch. On the 6th of May 2011, Lady Gaga wrapped up her incredible Monster Ball tour. During the tour, she had the privilege of performing for over 1.5 million people in total and even performed five times at the famous Madison Square Garden, something she had always wanted to do. It was at one of these shows at Madison Square Garden that Gaga delivered one of her best and most passionate speeches of all time. And here it is. so blessed. You have no idea. I grew up 20 blocks from here and I watched every name go up on that marquee year after year, month after month. And I used to dream that one day I'd see my name in lights. So thank you so much. Thank you for buying a ticket to see my show. And for those of you who didn't pay for your tickets, I want my money back. I'm just kidding. You know, I didn't used to be brave. In fact, I wasn't very brave at all. But you have made me brave, little monsters. And New York, made me brave. So now, I'm gonna be brave for you. Tonight, I want you to forget all of your insecurities. I want you to reject anyone or anything that's ever made you feel like you don't belong or don't fit in or made you feel like you're not good enough or pretty enough or thin enough or can't sing well enough or dance well enough or write a song well enough or like you'll never win a Grammy or you'll never sell out Madison Square Garden. You just remember that you're a goddamn superstar and you were born this way. May tonight be your liberation of all those things. Cause I used to pick up my leather boots on that street and I would go down the stairs to the, the nine train and I'd take the nine train downtown and then I'd get on the L train to go across town. And I'd go to dance class and I would pray and I would dream that someday 
one person would believe in me. So when you leave here tonight, know that at least one person believes in you. As Gaga's new album was seemingly going to be her most controversial yet, on the 9th of May, Gaga released arguably her best track on the album, titled The Edge of Glory. Inspired heavily by the music of Bruce Springsteen, Edge of Glory moves away from the controversial religious themes and is a beautiful tribute that Gaga wrote for her beloved grandparents and the inspiring love story they shared at the time of her grandfather passing away. Gaga summed up the meaning behind the song perfectly, when she said, The Edge of Glory was about how when my grandma was standing over my grandfather while he was dying. There was this moment where I felt like he had sort of looked at her and reckoned that he had won in life. Like, I'm a champion. We won. Our love made us a winner. They were married 60 years. My grandma used to tell me about my grandpa sleeping in a car on the street just so he could be near her. They were Italian and very strict, so there was no way my grandpa was going to be sleeping over at my grandma's house when she was a kid. I thought about that idea, that the glorious moment of your life is when you decide that it's okay to go. You don't have any more words to say, more business, more mountains to climb. You're on the cliff, you tip your hat to yourself, and you go. That's what it was for me in that moment, when I witnessed it. She also stated in another interview about the time and place she wrote the song, saying, My dad and I were going to say goodbye to him at the hospice. And I got out a big thing of tequila, and my dad sat next to me, at the piano. And we started doing shots back and forth, and I wrote Edge of Glory on the piano, and my dad and I cried. The song's about your last moment on earth, the moment of truth, the edge of glory is the moment right before you leave the earth. The beautiful lyrics sum up these last moments, as Gaga sings, I'm on the edge of glory, and I'm hanging on a moment of truth. Out on the edge of glory, and I'm hanging on a moment with you. Gaga revealed to Oprah that she wrote the song on the 24th of September, 2010, which was the evening before her grandfather's death. The personal song even managed to become a huge hit, going to number one in Canada and on various radio airplay charts around the world, and peaked inside the top five in 13 countries, including New Zealand, the US and Australia. A couple of weeks after wrapping up her world tour, Gaga released the album Born This Way, on the 23rd of May, 2011. Gaga said about the album, It's much more vocally up to par with what I've always been capable of. It's more electronic, but I have married a very theatrical vocal to it. It's like a giant musical opus theatre piece. It was on this album that Gaga started to come of age and mature as an artist, as she began drawing from the experiences of her little monsters, digging deeper within herself and those around her, including her family. The album became the fastest selling album of 2011. Later in 2020, it was named in the Rolling Stone magazine's top 500 albums of all time, and in total has sold around 7 million copies worldwide to this day. The album was a smash hit and peaked at number one in a huge 24 countries across Europe, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, the US, Canada, and the UK, and the top five in a further six countries, including Spain, Brazil, and Finland. Quite a feat for the 27-year-old at the time. The album was heavily criticised by religious groups, but was critically acclaimed and fuses a range of genres from rock and roll to dance, heavy metal, pop, house and even opera. And similar to the track Born This Way, the main themes include inclusiveness, sexuality, religion, feminism and freedom. 
Both Queen guitarist Brian May and Bruce Springsteen's former E Street band member Clarence Clemens collaborated on the album with Gaga. She cited Madonna, Whitney Houston, Prince, Queen, TLC, Kiss, Pat Benatar, and Vogue, Iron Maiden and Bruce Springsteen as her biggest influences on the album. Some of the best and most interesting tracks that weren't to be released as singles include her personal favourite from the album titled Government Hooker that utilises a dirty club and hip-hop beat where she utilised the voice of her Dutch security guard named Pete who had a thick Dutch accent and is a computerised voice that can be heard during the song and she says it was influenced by Marilyn Monroe. She told NME, quote, The humour is that a machine in government hooker tells me what to do and I happily do it as long as I get fucked. It all relates to how our government fuck us over, but it makes fun of the plastic pop star. I'll do anything as long as you fuck me and pay me. She elaborated when talking to Fuse by saying, there's a voice in the background when I'm singing, as long as I'm your hooker and the government says, back up and turn around. How much are you willing to be a puppet and hooker and how much do you want to fight for what you believe in? The catchy track Americano actually speaks strongly about the unjust Arizona immigration laws as Gaga elaborates, quote, I am singing about immigration law and gay marriage and all sorts of things that have to do with disenfranchised communities in America. The immigration law was passed in Arizona, houses were being raided for immigrants, some of whom had been here for 20 years. America was once the land of the free, now they're telling everyone to get the fuck out. The pop dance and rock style track Hair was good enough to chart without being released as a single in most countries and charted at number 5 in Norway and Italy and the top 20 in 9 countries including Australia, the US, Spain, France and Canada. The song Hair itself is about Gaga's own hair representing freedom and that she feels it is the only part of her body she can modify without being judged and therefore people need to stop judging others no matter how extreme their differences may be. She said the inspiration came from her experiences as a child, as she said, When I was a kid, I used to always come down the stairs of my parents' house, and they would say, Go back upstairs and brush your hair, change your clothes, you can't go out wearing that. And I felt like it was stifling my identity. My hair was my glory. It was the only thing that I could change about myself. I used to get made fun of because my mum used to get up and do her hair every day, in the morning. And I really looked up to my mother, so I would sometimes be up blow-drying my hair until one in the morning. I'd come to school and my friends would say, why is your hair so nice? It's all girls in this school, so you don't have to look so nice for class. Well, I want to be like my mum. Now my hair means so much to me. I must have hundreds of wigs. The line in the song, I've had enough, this is my prayer, that I'll die living just as free as my hair. This brilliant line sums up the newfound confidence and attitude that has transformed Stephanie Germanata into Lady Gaga in order to be herself and not care what anyone thinks, no matter how outrageous. The German-influenced track Schieb was written by Gaga after performing in Berlin and translates in English to shit. She wanted the song to be predominantly German-themed and said that she wrote the song about wanting to be a strong female without all the bullshit that comes along with it or in her words, anything that gets in your way from being brave. Gaga would take a leaf out of the book of Queen drummer Roger Taylor when she wrote a song about her car named Bloody Mary, which was the nickname of her car. She also said that Mary Magdalene, a follower of Jesus, was an influence, stating, Mary is divine and human, and at the same time, it's about the role of a woman who is supposed to be a superstar and a real woman at the same time. 
the track Black Jesus plus Amen Fashion was about her growing up under strict Catholic rules and then opening her mind when moving into her apartment and exploring other parts of life, fashion and music and it opened her up to a new way of perceiving religion and life. The track Bad Kids was a mashup of all the stories her fans or little monsters told her while on the Monster Ball tour and she was inspired to write a tribute song to her beloved fans. Not many musicians come close to Gaga in terms of how tight and loyal fans are to her and she is great with her fans and extremely humble. Despite being outrageous to many, she is actually a great role model and is helping to give a voice to the misunderstood, left behind and underdogs as she herself describes herself as a perpetual underdog. One of the first songs Gaga wrote for the album was titled Fashion of His Love which she wrote as a tribute to her friend Alexander McQueen, who was a successful designer for the House of Gaga and a good friend of hers who died in February 2010. In June 2011, Lady Gaga was crowned the Queen of Pop by Rolling Stone magazine based off of her record sales and social media metrics, even breaking the record as the most followed person on Twitter. On the 23rd of August 2011, Gaga released her fourth single from the album Born This Way, titled You and I. You and I was yet another great track that fuses pop, country and rock and features the legendary Brian May of Queen on guitar and a sample of Queen's We Will Rock You. With Gaga having achieved yet another of her goals by collaborating with one of her idols. The track was a number one hit on the US dance chart, was a top 10 hit in 10 countries, including New Zealand, Canada, and the US. It went to number 14 in Australia and failed to crack the top 20 in the UK. Gaga was praised by critics for successfully fusing genres and providing a little bit of everything on her latest album. Gaga had wrote the song on her baby grand piano at a childhood home in Manhattan, New York. She said that it's about a number of things, including all of her friends that have been there over the years, which includes her friends, musicians, House of Gaga employees, Lady Starlight, and of course her fans. Although the main theme is actually about her on and off relationship with Luke Carl that ended in tears just before the release of Born This Way. The lyric often referring to Nebraska is a reference and symbolism of Luke Carl, as that's where he was from. The song was very dear to her, and she originally wasn't going to release it as a single and wasn't fussed about it selling overly well as it was so special to her and usually gets her emotional when playing it. Making their debut on the single's cover and in the music video was Gaga's male alter ego, Joe Calderon, who was a cocky cigarette smoking character she created. Joe spoke like a typical Italian New Yorker, had gelled 60s style hair and dressed in white sleeveless shirts and a black jacket. Gaga's portrayal of the character was so good that she had others convinced it was her brother or an actor. Joe would make his TV debut later on at the MTV Awards, where once again some were shocked and confused if it was Gaga or not. Gaga told V Magazine that, I began to wonder how much exactly we can get away with. How can we remodel the model in a culture that attempts to quantify beauty with a visual paradigm, an almost mathematical standard, how can we fuck with the malleable minds of onlookers and shift the world's perspective on what's beautiful? I asked myself this question, and the answer, drag. Gaga performed You and I at the MTV Awards as Joe Calderon, alongside Brian May on the 28th of August 2011. Hey! My name is Joe Calderon! 
She said it always starts out good. And then the guys, meaning me, I'm one of the guys. She comes out of the bathroom dripping wet. She's still got the heels on. And what's with the hair? At first it was sexy, but now I'm just confused. She said I'm just like the last one. I'm not like the last one. And I think it's great, you know. I think it's really great that she's such a star. But how am I supposed to shine? That same night, she took home best female video and best video with a message for Born This Way at the award ceremony. Coincidentally enough, Gaga having wrote you and I about Luke Carl managed to move on from him during the filming process of the music video back in July. It was on the set when she met actor Taylor Kinney, who starred alongside her in the clip. The two soon started dating and got into a serious relationship together as Gaga revealed, We had a good time. I think there was chemistry. We were shooting until 4 or 5 in the morning or something like that and we exchanged information. A few weeks went by and we kept in touch and then that's that. Gaga even wore her mother's wedding dress in the film clip that she said she hated when growing up. On the 15th of November 2011, Lady Gaga released her final single from Born This Way titled Marry The Night. The track is extremely underrated as it only peaked at number 16 in the UK and struggled to crack the top 20 in most countries, becoming arguably her least successful release up to this point. Gaga wrote the song with the Dance in the Dark song from the Fame Monster album in mind, as it was her current show opener and she wanted something better. Gaga said that the song was written about going back to New York, saying, I wrote this about the courage it took for me to say, I hate Hollywood, I just want to live in Brooklyn and make music. That's exactly what Gaga had done and returned home to New York to live with her parents in her old bedroom like the good old days. Despite all the money and fame, she didn't yet feel the need to be apart from her close family and friends from that area and enjoyed their company as it kept her grounded. 2011 was an extremely busy year for Gaga. She entered the Guinness World Records five times, including as the most searched for female in the world and she collaborated with parody group Lonely Island and their hilarious track, Three Way, The Golden Rule. She starred alongside jazz musician Tony Bennett for the first time, where they recorded a cover of The Lady is a Tramp, and teamed with Sir Elton John with Hello Hello for the animated film Nomeo and Juliet. With the help of her mother, Gaga initiated the non-for-profit program, The Born This Way Foundation, that looked to focus on youth empowerment, opportunity, and mental health, launching the foundation alongside Oprah Winfrey at Harvard. Gaga also launched a lipstick line called Viva Glam, with all proceeds going to HIV AIDS awareness. Gaga also appeared on The Simpsons, launched her own perfume, attended Euro Pride where she criticised Europe's stance on LGBT rights, she became a wedding celebrant so she could marry her two female friends, she performed a couple of times with her good friend Elton John, and in 2012, Gaga set up a social media website called littlemonster.com just for her fans to socialise on, while she also donated $1 million to the Red Cross Hurricane Sandy Disaster Relief Fund that devastated New York in 2012. But things were only about to get more full on, with Gaga's third world tour called the Born This Way Ball. From April 27th, 2012 to February 11th, 2013, Gaga performed 98 shows across Australia, New Zealand, Africa, the US, UK, Europe, 
Asia and South America and bringing in $204 million at the box office. In Australia, she caused controversy by singing a new song she wrote called Princess Die that addresses the harsh reality of suicides and depression. Due to the grim lyrics, Lifeline feared it would encourage, rather than deter, impressionable fans to be suicidal. And further criticism was fueled by people's confusion over the title Princess Die, perhaps being a reference to Princess Diana, despite it not being the case at all. Despite this mishap, Gaga was praised for her epic set list and choice of songs, her vocals, stage design and crowd interactions with inspirational messages for fans. Gaga would talk about her experiences with bullying in shows, which helped her audience connect with her even more so. It's clear from watching Gaga interact with her fans that she honestly adores them and is forever grateful for giving her the platform to share her music and beliefs. Gaga's mother was often worried about her sharing all of her private stories, but over time came to terms of why she did it and saw how many people she was helping and how many lives she touched. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi everyone, and sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this episode, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you four ways on how you can support the podcast and play your part in keeping it going so I can continue to bring you more great episodes. If you enjoy Lyrics of Their Life podcast, first of all, it would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It's totally free to do. It just means that you will receive a notification when a new episode of the podcast becomes available. Secondly, you can leave the podcast a positive five-star review on iTunes as this helps the podcast reach a larger audience. Third of all, you can tell your friends all about the podcast or join us on our social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. While finally, you can take your support one step further and head to our Patreon page and pledge your support to one of two of our plans for just $1 or $5 per month with no locking contract. Or you can pledge just a one-off payment for all the hard work that goes into creating the podcast. And you will receive a number of extra benefits to go with your donation. Or you can even buy me a beer for $5 at buymeacoffee.com forward slash lyrics of life pod. I am a totally independent podcast creator, meaning there are no large networks or businesses financially supporting my work. So your support would be greatly appreciated as it means I can continue creating more content such as biographies, the weekly muse, interviews and more as it takes a lot of time, resources and research to prepare and upload just one single episode. Links to Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee can be found in the show notes on our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com or on our Facebook page. Once again, I appreciate every one of my listeners for their support no matter the form it comes in. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. During shows across the world, but most noticeably in the US, Gaga started to struggle with a niggling hip injury, but often performed through the pain, saying it was the applause that pulled her through. She was forced to cancel a couple of shows in the US, but then as the pain got worse, further shows were cancelled across Canada, the US and Indonesia due to Lady Gaga sustaining a terrible hip injury at a concert in Montreal, Canada on the 11th of February 2013. During her performance of Skeeb, Gaga is singing while dancing with her backup dancers when Gaga thrust around in a circular motion when a loud scream could be heard. 
Despite this, she continued to perform while clutching at her hip. Gaga then moved into a crouch lowdown position for the dance move, but you can see her breaking down in agony as she punches the floor, making it all seem like part of the show. As brave as Gaga is, she got back up and attempted to pull through the rest of the song, continuing to dance and sing through the pain, and luckily, it was the final song of the set. The injury was classed as a break in a labral tear of the right hip, caused by strenuous repetitive overuse movements, including running around on stage, jumping around, back-to-back shows, and the continuous choreography dance moves that are performed at every show. Gaga was devastated about cancelling shows and felt she had let down her fans, revealing to them via Twitter that she had been hiding the injury for some time. She later revealed the extent of the injuries to Women's Wear Daily, saying, quote, My injury was actually a lot worse than just a labral tear. I had broken my hip. Nobody knew, and I haven't even told the fans yet. But when we got all the MRIs finished before I went into surgery, there were giant craters, a hole in my hip the size of a quarter, and the cartilage was just hanging out on the other side of my hip. I had a tear on the inside of my joint and a huge breakage. The surgeon told me that if I'd done another show, I might have needed a full hip replacement. I would have been out at least a year, maybe longer. Gaga was forced to go under the knife for surgery to fix the problem, but she would evidently never be the same. Gaga would live in pain almost every day, stemming from this injury. She would later down the track be diagnosed with the condition of fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia, or neuropathic pain, is a rare condition known to involve chronic pain where people's brains tell them they are in constant pain and attacks the body. There has often been a stigma that the condition is all in their head, but with further studies and research, it's clear that a more serious approach needs to be placed on the condition as it appears to be linked with trauma and is a very real and severe condition. In a Netflix special called Five Foot Two, the extremity of Gaga's condition was explored. She says that when she gets badly depressed, it brings on painful spasms stemming from her hip that runs up to her neck. She says that the condition literally breaks her from reality and knows when it's about to occur as she feels tingling and then just drops. What she discovered, however, was that being the victim of a repeated sexual assault when she was 19 is the most likely cause of the problem. Gaga said that the pain of the fibromyalgia is a similar feeling and illness she got after being raped and she was not long after diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD and never sought proper help at the time due to those that she did tell basically brushing it off. Not too long after the horrible ordeal, Stephanie became Lady Gaga and a worldwide pop star, so she never really acknowledged the trauma it may have caused her, and she pushed it to the side, causing her to break down, which was helped along by depression, through bullying, and her overuse injury. The condition is worrisome for herself and her fans, especially when she also has lupus. She has stated before that sometimes they are so painful that it feels like she's going to die and sometimes wonders if one day she'll have a spasm so bad that she won't recover. Over time, Gaga has tried many different alternative methods to stop the pain, such as cupping and even blood spinning, but nothing has seemed to work too well yet. Gaga starts her day with a workout to keep her body and mind strong, and says she listens to jazz, and even ACDC, meditates, and surprisingly watches horror movies to relax, but she often has dark thoughts that come creeping in, and she often falls into a bad depression that she says is the cause of the injury, the sexual assault, and as far back as being bullied at school.
Gaga says that she still has to remind herself how well she has done with her career to stop the thoughts of the bullies that told her she was no good to stop. She never knew how much the bullying had affected her and realised that the themes consistently run through her music and attract fans with similar experiences. Her own mental health has encouraged her to help her fans and others like her also. Gaga would like to see mental health treated as a global priority and is currently a strong advocate for spreading awareness. Gaga says that she takes antipsychotic medication to deal with her fibromyalgia and that she wants to make it more affordable for everyone as it's a crisis and more needs to be done. She says that without the medication, she would spasm in her sleep, which can be very painful and a traumatic experience. For quite a while, Gaga smoked marijuana to deal with the pain of her hip and condition, and at times she smoked as much as 15 to 20 joints at a time, but as she became badly addicted to the drug, she eventually gave it up. Gaga had previously smoked it before going on stage to calm her nerves and anxiety, even shocking the likes of Beyonce with her pot-smoking habit. Gaga prays every day that her pain miraculously will disappear, and she receives loads of regular therapy and massages to get through the pain, but also feels guilty as she can afford to make her life more comfortable, and realises there are people out there dealing with the same pain or worse issues that can't afford the right treatment and care. Gaga refuses to take pain medications, but was seen taking sleeping pills to help her sleep, which is a cause for concern, as they are easily addictive. Lady Gaga has lived in pain now every day for about 7 or 8 years, but over the years she would become used to the feeling, and she is an incredibly brave and tough woman. During her 3 month recovery from hip surgery, she was able to work on adding extra elements to her upcoming third studio album, titled Art Pop. It took her at least 6 months before Gaga was back to her best, and was fully able to use her hip in strenuous dance routines. As Gaga's career went on, she became more respected in the industry, she matured as an artist, and grew to be a very wise woman, but always remained humble. At the beginning of 2013, Lady Gaga was named as the second most influential person in the world by Time Magazine, and big things were expected of her when she returned to promote her new album, Art Pop. Lady Gaga promoted her album with the first ever flying dress, as Gaga wore a dress that was incorporated into a flying drone or hovercraft called Tech House Volantis. On the 12th of August 2013, Lady Gaga made her long-awaited return to the pop music scene with her latest offering being the catchy dance pop track, Applause. Gaga would be forced to release the song early due to a series of online leaks threatening its impact. Applause would peak at number one on a range of radio, airplay, digital and dance charts around the world and peaked inside the top five in 13 countries, including the UK, Canada and the US, but only made it to number 11 in Australia. Gaga wrote the song for her fans about how their applause gets her through many tough times, including the most recent time when she injured her hip. The lyrics read, I live for the applause, way that you cheer and scream for me. Gaga said about the song, I realised it was the applause of the fans that really kept me going, because I would be ready to go on stage and just be crying hysterically, not understanding even how I was feeling. I was feeling very dizzy, I had a lot of vertigo, I had pain, but it's like fuck, if I know what hurts the most, because I'd been on tour for a year. But I didn't want to let them down, and I just couldn't cancel because the thought of leaving 50,000 kids in the arena just broke my heart. So I went out every night and I played and I played and I played, until I couldn't walk one night. 
The series of leaks forcing Gaga to release early did however damage the song from potentially rising higher on the mainstream charts and was arguably not promoted well enough by the label. This would also be the case for the Art Pop album that was released on the 6th of November 2013. The album was labelled as a flop and only managed to sell just over 2.5 million copies despite going to number 1 in 8 countries including the US and UK and reaching number 2 in 19 countries including Australia and across Europe as it dropped off the charts rather quickly. Due to the leaks and lack of promotion, critics were hardly bothered to look into the solid tracks on the album and perhaps the style of music Gaga was portraying was ahead of its time and just too techno, dance orientated and would have been better suited to the year 2020. In saying that, the quality of the songs weren't at their best as Gaga went down a more experimental and artistic route. Gaga wanted to put art culture into pop music and that the themes of the album centre around, quote, I'm fascinated with the decay of the blonde pop icon and how culture loves to build and give birth to fantasies and then destroy them and what that means. Her second single, Do What You Want, featuring R. Kelly, was released earlier in October and reached number one in Hungary, but struggled to make the top five in Australia, the UK and US. Gaga said that she wrote the song after a journalist took a shot at her weight, which angered her and she wanted to take a shot back at the journalist. She also said, I've been living in Chicago and spending a lot of time there, and that's where R. Kelly hails from. I was working on Art Pop, and I wrote Do What You Want on tour. It was about my obsession with the way people view me. I have always been an R. Kelly fan, and actually it is like an epic pastime in the house of Gaga that we just get fucked up and play R. Kelly. This is a real R&B song, and I said I have to call the king of R&B, and I need his blessing. It was a mutual love. When R. Kelly was later accused of sexually assaulting women, Gaga pulled the song from Spotify, streaming services and iTunes, and was even removed from further pressings of the Art Pop hard copy CD in late 2019. She did all this to take a stance against sexual assault and to side with the victims as one herself, and she later stated that she regretted ever working with him. Much later in March 2014, Gaga released the song Guy with DJ Z but was once again unsuccessful with the artistic techno tune struggling to crack the top 50 on the mainstream charts in Australia, the US and the UK. Gaga wrote the song about new age feminism, quote, Guy stands for girl under you, so wearing makeup, smelling delicious and having suckable, kissable, edible things between your limbs is something I find strengthening because I know that when I pick the right guy, I can let him have it. Some women feel oppressed by makeup and clothing, and here's to them. They have every right to feel that way as well. The record's all about being comfortable underneath, because you are strong enough to know that you don't have to be on top to know you're worth it. Other tracks from Art Pop include Aura, that featured in the film Machete Kills, where Gaga plays an assassin named La Chameleon, but unfortunately the film didn't do too well, failing to even return its $20 million budget, despite including a star-studded cast. Arguably the album's most underrated song is titled Gypsy and was inspired by Gaga feeling like she had found true love with Taylor Kinney and about feeling lonely while on the road but realising home is wherever her fans are. While finally the track Venus references the mythological goddess herself which Gaga wrote about sex and about faith. Gaga produced the track as the first one she had ever done by herself and an artwork depicting Venus is seen in the background of the art pop album cover. The majority of the album centres around faith, art, feminism, sex, fashion and fan appreciation. 
From May 4th to November 24th, 2014, Gaga returned to touring for the Art Rave Art Pop Ball Tour, performing 79 shows across the US, Canada, South Korea, Australia and New Zealand, Asia, the UK and Europe. This time around she brought in $83 million at the box office. Gaga managed to pull through without any serious injuries, but of course controversy arose when she performed at South by Southwest Music Festival held in Austin, Texas, where she had a young lady on stage vomit green bile onto a costume mid-performance as part of the act. The shocking stunt disgusted many and the media jumped all over the incident. She followed this up by even wearing a marijuana leaf necklace made from real marijuana. As Art Pop appeared to be a flop on the commercial market and failed to bring in any major awards, Gaga attempted to reel in a new fan base by trying her hand at jazz with Tony Bennett. On the 19th of September 2014, Gaga and Bennett released the album Cheek to Cheek, which included the likes of Cheek to Cheek by Irving Berlin, I Can't Give You Anything But Love, Anything Goes, and a special Gaga version of Sher's Bang Bang You Shot Me Down, all while dressing like the star during performances and on the album cover. Gaga's vocals were flawless on this album and was a great experience for her to go to the next level. The album sold around 1.5 million copies and charted at number one on the Australia, UK and US album chart, as well as the US mainstream Billboard 200. As the Art Pop tour ended, Gaga and Bennett hit the road touring from December 30th, 2014 to August 1st, 2015. They played 36 shows together while traveling around the US, Canada and parts of Europe, bringing in $16.2 million at the box office. Together they won a Grammy for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album and at the 87th Academy Awards, Gaga performed a set of songs from The Sound of Music as a tribute to Judy Garland that earned her rave reviews and a standing ovation, which further pushed her to change her style. The change of genres earned Gaga rave reviews that had once just viewed her as another pop star. This inspired Gaga to step away from the style of art pop and venture into something more stripped back for her next solo album. Thank you all so much for joining me for the story of Lady Gaga. Don't forget to check out our other episodes from Season 1 and 2. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok or find us at our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com. If you are really enjoying the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a review on iTunes, let your friends know about what they've been missing out on and click the free subscribe button to the podcast so you can receive a notification when a new episode becomes available direct to you. If you would like to support the podcast further, then feel free to head to our Patreon or buymeacoffee.com where you can pledge your support for as little as $1 a month. Every bit of support is greatly appreciated and it means I can continue to bring you more great episodes in the future. All these links can be found in the show notes to this episode. Once again, thank you all for listening. I'm your host Adam Hampton and this is Lyrics of Their Life.